Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. What an incredible show we have for you today and can't wait to introduce our special guests who are calling in from South Africa. And before we get started, we have our Anikona Farm moment. I'm often asked about Anikona Farm and what's what's unique about Kona Coffee. And in in truth, it's really about the terroir, the Kona coffee terroir. The Kona coffee trees grow in lava rock, and that lava rock gives that delicious, rich Kona taste. The elevation is important as well. We're about 2,000 feet above Kona town. We have the perfect amount of rain for the trees, and we also, that lava rock provides almost like a great drainage system for them, so they get the perfect amount of rain, the right amount of sun, and in the afternoon, we have a bit of a cloud cover. Now, with the volcano being very active on the other side of the big island of Hawaii, we have a lot of volcanic ash in the air. So the coffee trees are breathing in that volcanic ash and that's gonna also enhance that delicious Kona coffee taste. And of course we hand pick every single bean at its ripest red cherry color. And that also makes a difference how one processes and also how one roasts also will contribute to the taste. We do an air roast for our coffee and that brings out just pure Kona coffee in that bean. So that's a little bit about what makes Kona coffee unique. So let's get started about our, with our fun show today. We are talking about a fancy, cool espresso beverage that's a superfood with our wonderful guests, Monique and Pete Ethelston in South Africa. They're the co-founders of Red Espresso. That's the world's first tea espresso, and they started the company in about 2005. It's South Africa's much-loved red red cappuccino. It's caffeine-free. It's loaded with antioxidants. It drinks like a delicious espresso, and it's a healthy alternative to coffee. So welcome, Monique and Pete, to my favorite coffee story. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Aniko, for that wonderful introduction to Red Espresso. It's an honor for Pete and I to be invited to share our story with you and your listeners. It's, it's a true honor for us and our listeners all around the world will love your inspiring stories. We thought, Pete and Monique, we would start out with some of your early days in your career, growing up days, some family times, please. Um, sure, Annika. I mean, both of us are, are South African born and bred. Um, we both come from relatively large families. And um, I think very typical South African childhoods, uh, we have beautiful weather, we live in a very beautiful country, um, so lots of outdoor activities, um, moms chasing kids outside, uh, running around, uh, both of us love the beach, um, we love being in nature, and um, and, and pretty much an outdoor, uh, outdoor lifestyle. Um, on my side, pretty sporty. 
uh, Monique very musical and dancing. Oh. And um, and and that was pretty much uh, our 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 lifestyle. Um, yes. Monique's mom um, is European, so a bit more of a coffee influence there. Um, but to be honest, South Africa when we were growing up, um, coffee was the the whole coffee uh, industry was quite uh, in its infancy, very much a kind of soluble coffee um, environment with maybe a handful of expatriate like hangouts where they actually yeah. understood even what an espresso was. Uh, coffee was was really um, in its infancy. And um, and both of us, uh, ironically, were, were not really coffee drinkers. Um, more on the health side, a tea drinker. Um, I think myself, a bit of a undiagnosed uh, ADD sufferer, hyperactive. Um, there was no way my mom was going to put coffee anywhere near me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's uh, kind of our, our childhoods, and and we we ironically, even though we lived on opposite ends of the country or were born on opposite ends, we um, we started our careers in this, at the same um, the same business, uh, a company called Unilever, which is is a, a big competitor of Procter and Gamble, probably the one that better known in America. Yeah. Um. So a big fast moving consumer good um, business. Um, but I'll let Monique maybe tell you a little bit about. Uh, her career and we, how she started off uh, at Unilever. Perfect. Yeah, sure. So I was always involved in, in sales and marketing, Arnica, um, and spent my early years in corporate companies like Pete said with Unilever. I was hired straight out of college um, and spent my first five wonderful years in, in their customer division, working with brands like Dove um, and Omo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, um, but I would imagine you are. Yeah, uh, and there, thereafter, I spent another five years working in the alcohol industry, which was really my introduction into beverages. I was the global brand manager for Amarula, which is a very famous, delicious South African liqueur, and then I was the quantitative research specialist for SAB Miller. Okay. Fantastic. So you have quite the background in all kinds of beverages. And it sounds like Pete was involved with SAP as a consultant in Asia. Please share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was, a, I mean, a, a, quite a serendipitous uh, a number of events, really. I, I was uh, I, I did an unusual course at, at college at what we call university. I did a normal commercial degree and then I did a, an honors degree in supply chain management which back in the late 80s early 90s was was very new in South Africa and and that that um, enabled me to to join the graduate uh, management trainee um, uh, program with Unilever and and then just as I arrived on that scene um, Unilever in South Africa was chosen by Unilever globally to be a pilot site for for SAP for SAP and the the big ERP system. So, you know, this is very early days. Um, literally, the, the software was still in German. They were, they were, we, we literally got the first, uh, the first versions that were translated into English. And, um, and being the only graduate really in the supply chain management arena, I landed up on this dream team of, 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 of senior management that were there to re-engineer the business and implement the system for um, this Unilever site. 
Um, and when that finished, um, that really put me in a unique space. I mean, this whole SAP software was obviously becoming um, very popular and had lots of potential. Yes. And there was just nobody, no one had uh, had or very few people had experience in it. And um, I resisted all the, the, the job offers and 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 um, decided to um to resign and jump in a, in a four, four by four and, and drove up Africa with a good friend, um, which is a bit of a pattern in my life. It's kind of every every decade I tend to go off and do something a little crazy. And um, <laughs> we landed up in London completely broke. Um, but as you are when you're in your early 20s, um, you're not, there's no fear at all. And um, and I landed up getting a job um, with uh, Ernst and Young, who were doing exactly the same thing with Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola Philippines had been identified as a pilot site for Coke Atlanta, uh, as a test for for, for implementing SAP. Um, it's a massive um, um, anchor bottler, and um, they needed a team on the ground there. And, and I, I I got that contract. So. I found myself on a plane flying into Manila, um, roughly the same time I think Bill Clinton was arriving for an Asian <laughs> Pacific uh, meeting, and um, and and I worked on that project for a year and a half, and and then when that project came to an end, I I stayed on with two of the other consultants, and we set up our own our own practice, and we operated all around Southeast Asia, had um, clients like um, KFC and Dunkin' Donut, and you know, a number of uh, also uh, fast-moving consumer good um, customers, and um, it was just a, a, an amazing um uh, ground uh, background to business to um, different industries and um, yeah kind of a, a, a real life MBA if I could call it that you yes. got to see all elements of business so it was um, I think both of us were very fortunate and, and we are massively thankful to to that the background that we had and the opportunities yes. that we were exposed to we had wonderful mentors and I mean those big companies that invest they invest in training. Um, I think you get a, a work ethic from them and, and just best practice. Um, so we were very blessed with the, our kind of start to life. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Pete and Monique. And how you got started in your early days, that's just incredible in all your adventures. <clears throat> we're curious then, please, did you meet each other at Unilever or how did you meet each other, please? Okay, I'm laughing because I know I'm going to get a kick under the table here. So I'm going to start because there's there's very different opinions on this one. Um, Monique's a few years younger than me, and um, I was I was uh, I had already resigned and was on my way out, uh, and with my eyes firmly pl uh, planted on Africa and this lovely trip that I was about to do when when Monique arrived as as a fresh young graduate, um, but in the same company, and and um, and my wife caught my eye. There was no way uh, that was going to go unnoticed. But but she didn't quite share the, the, the same the same feeling. I think I was rather mainstream for her. And um, and it and it took about a, a decade and a whole lot of more uh, worldliness and some maybe a bit of becoming a bit more interesting before I, I really did <laughs> I really did catch her eye. Um, but we 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 actually romantic so we knew each other as friends. Um, but romantically, um, we we got involved uh, uh, literally a decade later when when I came back from from Asia uh, and when I returned to South Africa, I came to Cape Town and Monique um, also finished uh, working in 
in Durban, which is the city where we, we, we had started our careers, and also had returned to the Cape. And, and then uh, as things go, we, we just bumped into each other. And I think it was about the second week I told her that uh, I was going to marry her. That was uh, oh, That's uh, a beautiful story. <laughs> That is so inspiring. Monique, is that, would you like to add anything to the story? Not really, other than to say I'm very fortunate to have married my best friend. Yeah. And we got married later in life, and we've had such a, a journey and an adventure together. I can't imagine doing it with somebody that wasn't my best friend. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, you ended up going on a very big adventure in 2005 when you traveled to Nepal and Tibet. And that trip together, it seems like that had a very spiritual side to it. Please share a little bit about that trip with our listeners. Yes, uh, definitely, Aniko. Uh, I'm very interested in spirituality, and I had for many years wanted to go to Tibet and to make a, a soul journey and fortunately Pete shares the same interest that I do in this and he's traveled a lot more than I had so I completely underestimated what three months backpacking around these countries would mean but nonetheless it was really a life-changing experience and um, something that laid the groundwork for the Red Espresso business that we then started started, um, which Pete, Pete tells such a nice story of a list that we wrote together right at the top of the Tibetan Himalayan mountains. Maybe you can share that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it, it was just such a, an amazing uh, and quite surreal um, situation to be in your mid-30s, um, which is typically the busiest time of your life. Um, yes. We had, we had got married quite late, or certainly I had, and 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 we kind of knew that if we were going to have a family, if we were going to be lucky enough to have a family, we would need to kind of get going with that. And then if that was going to happen, then the, the kind of next 10 years, we were going to be kind of stuck. So I quickly grabbed the opportunity and, and convinced Monique to resign from her job with SAB Miller. And um, and we went on this it, it really wasn't a honeymoon. It was more of a, a, a travel trip and a bit of a, a soul search. And and so, yeah, you find yourself in the Himalayas. I mean, Tibet, it's it's a place where nothing has changed in millennia. Um, there's no distraction. There's, uh, there's you, you're on top of the world. Literally, you can see the curvature of, of the world. And um, and we, we found ourselves writing a list, a dream. Of, yes. of what we would like to do with our lives. And um, and I think, you know, uninhibited and with no distractions, um, it was it just poured out of us. And these were kind of the things we wrote down. Uh, we wanted a business that was pure of uh, with its intention. We wanted it to be good for people, to have absolutely no skeletons. I think we had, we had worked in alcohol. We had touched fast food. Um, we wanted something that was going to be good for our country uh, and was going to create value in South Africa. We wanted a business that was fair. It was going to reward employees and suppliers and, and treat everybody fairly and involve them in a journey. Um, we yes. wanted something that was unique. Um, that couldn't be easily copied. Uh, we wanted something that was fun and creative and stimulating, and obviously something that um, could leverage off our, our skill sets and, and most importantly, a passion that we would both share. 
And it sounds like after you did that list, and that's so inspiring for our listeners, that it's always good to take a moment and think through what are our dreams and what would we like to do in this life. So thank you for sharing that. So then how did you, Pete and Monique, decide to start looking at rooibos tea, finally grinding it to mimic an espresso? And then how you brought your skill sets to the table, as you say, what was it like starting Red Espresso? Well, let me answer you on, on these. Um, the idea to use rooibos tea finely ground to mimic an espresso, which, Annika, it really does. It has a rich, bold, intense color and taste, even has a, a golden crema. Um, yes. But the idea really came from the need for a naturally caffeine-free, healthier alternative to coffee. Uh, we wanted an espresso for coffee drinkers who were looking to cut down on their caffeine intake and who didn't want to drink decaf coffee. They didn't find that a suitable alternative and herbal tea was perhaps too boring for them. And in South okay. Africa, we have all grown up on rooibos tea. Uh, we feed it to our babies in their bottles. We give it to our, our kids to drink before bed. And as adults, we know to drink a cup of rooibos tea if you're not feeling well. So the light bulb moment was when we thought, well, what if you could make an espresso out of rooibos tea and gain all of those health benefits in one shot? And we set about finding the best quality tea and developed the grind and Red Espresso was born. Oh, that's so exciting. And Monique and Pete, we're going to take a quick break. And we can't hear, wait to hear more about the health benefits and also how it's a little bit different from matcha green tea right after the break. So listeners, please join us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
news, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. Such an amazing chat with our wonderful guests, Monique and Pete Ethelston from South Africa. We're talking about red espresso. It's a fancy, cool espresso beverage that's a superfood. And we were just talking about how Pete and Monique had met about their early days and their careers and their adventures and how they ventured to Nepal and Tibet in 2005 and really it was a spiritual journey for them as they reassessed what was important to them in life and red espresso was sort of born from this concept of oh what do we really want to do in life and what are our dreams and we were just talking about the health benefits and and Monique was sharing with us how you know it's caffeine free and it's got lots of antioxidants and it's a great healthy alternative to coffee. Monique and Pete, how would you describe then the key difference between matcha green tea and red espresso, please? Well, Anika, our red rooibos tea differs from matcha green tea firstly in its grind. Um, a matcha is a is a powder, whereas our rooibos tea has a tea leaf consistency that's just much finer than what you would find in a regular tea bag or in a loose leaf tea. Um, okay. It's also prepared on coffee appliances. Um, all the same coffee appliances that you would prepare your coffee on is what you would use for red espresso. Um, the, our rooibos, I would say, is a lot more versatile in the many different types of drinks that you can make with it, from the cafe-style espresso, cappuccino, latte, macchiato, the Americanos, right through to iced teas, even cocktails. And lastly, the antioxidant content. We have had our tea tested in laboratories and found that it has five times more antioxidants than a cup of green tea matcha. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, so it's a serious shot of health. <laughs> it, it is. And I, I think it's fantastic how then you ended up partnering there in the South African chain Woolworths and they started featuring your red cappuccinos on their menu. How did you work out that partnership? I will never forget the day we pitched our Roy Boss red cappuccino to them. We yes. were so nervous. And so excited at the same time. Um, Woolworths are a very, very big business here in South Africa, but phenomenal leadership in the industry. They adopt the trends first and they understand that a lot of products that would be leading trends and pioneering them will come from entrepreneurial businesses like ours was 13 years ago. So they were open to hearing a sales pitch from us, a complete unknown to them and to the market. And they recognized instantly that what we were saying about the need 
for them to start offering a healthier alternative to coffee on their menus was relevant. And they loved the taste of the rooibos cappuccino, and they agreed to launch it in all of their cafes nationwide. I'm so happy that worked out so well for you. I'm curious, too, for our listeners, as you were teaming up with the rooibos farmers there in the Cedarburg mountain region in South Africa, which is apparently, I guess, it's known for rock climbing and they have beautiful wind-carved sandstone stone, and it's known for rooibos tea. What was it like teaming up with the rooibos farmers there? Yeah, Annika, well, just a, a short little uh, paint painting of a picture for your listeners. The, the Cedarburg is this truly amazing place. It's about four, four hours drive north of Cape Town up the west coast. And and like you said, it's a rock climbing haven. It's, it's, it's like uh, taking a step back in time. It, it's almost a lunar landscape. You've got these massive um, sandstone formations that are all wind eroded. And, um, and 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 very tough place to live, not a lot of rain, and you've got leopard roaming wildly, there's no cell phone reception, it's, it's really quite a unique place. And the kind of farmers that, you know, or people that choose to farm up in, in those mountains, as you can imagine, are pretty hardy, uh, resilient people. Um, yes. you know, these are old-fashioned, conservative, um, you know, people that are, are really attached to the land. They live at the mercy of that land. There, there's no irrigating up there. There's no mechanizing. Um, they have learned how to how to work close to nature because they they are at the mercy of it. And um, and it was actually quite a quite a funny uh, anecdote. Really, my my first meeting with who is now our, our longest and oldest uh, farmer, um, and I arrived there with my. My corporate attitude and and uh, and you know a ten-page uh, supplier agreement, um, you know <laughs> determined to get a uh, determined to get a signature and a five-year deal, and um, and he's uh, he's he's just ignoring all of that and 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 getting me to come and sit by the fire and start by telling me who my grandparents were, and oh. who my parents were, and who am I, and we spend a weekend talking about everything but business and um, at the end of the weekend he stands up he sh looks me in the eye shakes me with this really tough uh, you know, calloused hand and uh, and that is exactly all that we have 13 years later uh, a handshake and and probably the best relationship business relationship I, i've had in my life that's a very special relationship, and I love how you you also promote fair trade practices, that that's very important to you, and that's something that I think sets such a nice example in how, even in the coffee industry, working with the coffee farmers and here, rooibos, red rooibos farmers, that is really important. So yeah. I would... I would say that that relationship is uh, is so special. What would you say some of the processes, how they've evolved as you've been working together for 13 years, and what are the most important elements as you're growing red rooibos tea and how you developed even the exact grind 
and created the patent for the red rooibos tea espresso product. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a process. I think, like you um, aptly pointed out, it it all starts with uh, just like we are we are very much like a coffee business. Uh, we we started with uh, the the quality of that green bean, hence the high altitude, um, single estate. Um, you know, everything starts with uh, with the raw material and and getting the strength of flavour, um, and and with that, there's no shortcuts. I think you will understand talk, listening to your, about your coffee in Hawaii. There, that high altitude, you you can't mechanise, you can't irrigate, um, and 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 it's reflected in nature. A slower growing plant has a stronger taste, and and then it comes through with the farmers by by dealing directly with the farmers um, and doing the whole value chain. You know, we do everything yes. here. We, we make the product, we pack the product, we market the product and we sell it. And by, 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 by controlling that value chain, you can, you can pay that fair trade price to your farmer. And by, by offering a, a, a fair trade price, you can give them the one thing, the one consistent that a, a farmer uh, needs because everything else in their life is variable and, and that's price. You know, we yes. consistently premium price. It doesn't matter if there's an oversupply of, of, of rooibos in the market. Or and, and, and what's been amazing is how recently we're in a 100-year drought here in South Africa in the last four years. And and now those farmers have rewarded me and helped me with price through, through this period. So, you know, it really works. It's a synergistic relationship. But um, over the years, um, the grind, you know, I think we're dealing with a natural product um, we 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 invented a product that had to work on all coffee appliances. We would never be able to go out there and put commercial uh, espresso machines into cafes um, yes. to give uh, consumers unique French presses or mocha pots. Uh, we came at it from we must make the ground work in the existing um, existing appliances. And obviously, the tea is nothing like a roasted bean. So we couldn't rely on coffee grinding and 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 that equipment. So a lot of specialized uh, equipment, a lot of uh, refining, and every year improving. It's a natural product. It changes with every year, with every crop. Um, and it's yeah, it's uh, I suppose like making wine, or well, quite honestly, like making even coffee. It's a uh, you know, there's an art form to it as well as a science. Absolutely, Pete. And I. it sounds like Monique will focus a little bit more on the marketing side and you'll work a little bit more on sort of the general business operational side and you make such a tremendous team. Monique, how was it when you won that Best New Product Award in 2008 given to you by the Specialty Coffee Association of America? Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> that That's a highlight. For sure. Um, that was in 2008 in, in Vegas. We entered for their best new specialty product. And sometimes looking back, I actually think to myself, how naive of us um, to have done so. But we really had this genuine self-belief and passion that propelled us to take that chance. And we won it for our fresh red iced tea drink. And not only, Annika, were we the first tea ever to win at the Specialty Coffee Association of America, but we were also the first South African company to do so. So that was a a very, very proud moment. But I must tell you, 
<laughs> that a few months later, we also won the top 10 best new product at the World Tea Expo in Minneapolis. Oh, excellent. And the funny thing is, the reason I'm telling you is that Pete and I had thought we would attend both a coffee show and a tea show, and we would see which one supported our product the most to help <laughs> us understand if Red Espresso was a tea drinker's strong cup of tea or a coffee drinker's alternative. And winning both awards confirmed for us what we already knew, which was that we were both. <laughs> Definitely both. And that that leads us to the next question. I, I was so curious, how does one then, how do you go about educating uh, consumers about your product since it it does sort of span across a little bit in the coffee world a little bit in the tea world so how do you go about doing that it's a good question Annika and it is at the center of uh, the marketing strategy for red espresso nothing beats putting drinks in people's hands and once they taste our tea, they fall in love with it. Um, we're doing this at markets and at trade shows, but we also have baristas in the coffee shops that are amazing at doing this for us all around the world. Um, they are passionate ambassadors for our product in trendy coffee shops. They know which of their customers would be open to trying something new, different, yes. healthy, and they serve them a red cappuccino or red latte you know, the, the interest groups or the customers for Red Espresso span pregnant women, sports athletes, people interested in health, coffee drinkers just looking for an afternoon, caffeine-free alternative, and the baristas know who they are. Uh, so we, um, we're very fortunate with that. And then with the online being so, having such a huge presence, you know, using video to demonstrate what it is, how you can enjoy it, and people being more aware of health and wellness now and the functional health benefits of what they are putting into their bodies, that has also made it easier. But 13 years ago, it was a real challenge. Yes. Oh, that's so true. And Monique and Pete, before we take our quick break, our listeners would love to hear in just a, a quick moment how you ended up then developing Nespresso type capsules in 2014 for for your red espresso product and then you ended up they're recyclable and it seems like you also even have biodegradable capsules please share with us a little bit about your Nespresso type capsules uh, Annika our home users had long been asking us for a Nespresso type capsule to be able to make our drinks easily and quickly at home but there was a lot of product development work to be done on that. Um, and we took our time to do it properly. Yes. And um, can very proudly say it's been <coughs> a successful addition to our range. We have five flavors of capsules, an original and an intenso with a, a stronger flavor, as well as a chai, vanilla, and a caramel, all of which are completely sugar-free and contain the same high levels of antioxidants. Um, we've managed, my brother develops our products for us, and he managed to deliver a beautiful aroma and taste with zero sugar, which I'm sure you can imagine is, is a real achievement. Oh, it and, is. And uh, yes, it's done very well for us. Oh, that's incredible. And of course, if it is such a healthy 
beverage. It's such a superfood. And then you've been able to accomplish that without sugar. That's an incredible accomplishment. Thank you for sharing about your Nespresso type capsules. Very, very exciting. So we're going to take a quick break, listeners. We've been chatting with Monique and Pete Ethelston. They're the co-founders of Red Espresso, the world's first tea espresso since 2005. It's a delicious caffeine-free, loaded with antioxidants, healthy alternative to coffee. So we're going to take a quick break right after we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the growth of Red Espresso and what is the tea market like in general and all the, the sales that are projected in 2020. Please join us right after the break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're having such a nice time with Monique and Pete Ethelston, co-founders of Red Espresso, the world's first tea espresso, South Africa's much-loved red cappuccino. And we were just talking about the delicious flavors that Red Espresso is creating, and it's without sugar, which is fantastic. And we were going to talk a little bit more generally about Red Espresso's growth and some of the growth that's going on in general for U.S. tea sales. Please share with us, Monique or Pete, about your growth as well as how you're anticipating the growth of tea. 
Yeah, and Annika, uh, we spoke a little bit about it earlier about the challenge that Monique faced on the marketing side with the education, and yes. and and I think the, the the other part, other than how with the growth of social media and the connectivity of the world in the last thirteen years, um, that the other factor that's really changed has been has been the revival, if I could call it that, of tea. Um, you know, tea. If if you look at the history of tea up to probably um, World War II, um, it was a it was a premium, extremely premium, luxurious product. And then it kind of became a bit of a mainstream tea bag, became a commoditized product. And um, and now I think in the last uh, definitely in the last uh, five years or so, uh, on the back of the health and wellness trend, um, tea has had a revival. And and it's not just coming out in, in your normal standard tea flavors. We've seen the herbal teas and the tisans. We, we're seeing all sorts of innovation happening in tea. And that definitely has made our job a lot easier in the international markets. Uh, I think, you know, Roybush or Roeybush or Redbush, there's so many ways it's, it's pronounced overseas. Yes. You know, when we started years ago it was so fringe it was extremely hard to find very few people knew anything about it you know fast forward uh, the last decade and and there's already a, a certainly an awareness and and an open-mindedness to all sorts i mean we've seen that happen with green matcha um and and many other different herbal teas around the world so that's uh, made the the job a lot easier um and obviously food service i think is normally the the Cafes are normally the first to kind of adopt and and start putting these drinks in, in people's hands and reacting to it and and re typically follows, um, and our business uh, I suppose has mimicked that. Uh, it's a very very well established um, brand here in South Africa. There's literally not a coffee shop that doesn't have a red cappuccino and a red oh, latte on it. But the export market has become a lot more open. In fact, now it's the other way around. Um, we we found we're not pushing; it's now pulling. There's there's people contacting us and and are interested in carrying the product or or importing the product or distributing the product. And and for us, it's really the the challenge shifts from one of selling and and educating to now about being selective and making sure you you connect with the right partners. Right. I can imagine your U.S. online store has been really a big success. And if I read correctly, Pete and Monique, that U.S. sales or tea sales was projected to be about $9 billion by 2020. So the market is definitely growing. And I can imagine now you're just trying to sort of figure out how to balance and and be selective how you have lots of projects going on that we've touched on and what are some of the projects for example the one about the the red cedar project if you could share briefly about that and what are some of the projects please down the road yeah the the red cedar project um was born from the the cedarburg area which the the the, which is named after this tree and 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 uh, this red cedar tree is this beautiful but very slow-growing um, cedar tree that lives in an area that uh, literally requires fire every kind of seven years to rejuvenate all the plant life there, and um, and and it's 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 dying out. And we uh, we partnered with um, almost a decade ago now, and. Um, 
they would provide us with seeds. We would grow the trees. And then once a year, we would get suppliers and, and a sister company of ours and, 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 and our staff and go up into the mountains and plant these trees. And they're so special that each tree gets its own geopolit- uh, geo tab, so they can actually, a GPS tab, so they know where we have, they've planted them. And um, we've planted over 5,000 trees in the oh, last uh, you know, 10 years. So, you know, a really fun, nice giving back uh, project. That really is. Thank you for doing that. That's wonderful. And what are some of the projects, please, down the road? Yeah, so um, we, we, we've, we four years ago, we started a, a project with um, subsistence farmers. These are really... Um, small, tiny operations, guys growing you know, one, two tons of, of tea in extremely remote places, um, living off government grants. We're talking about uh, a populace that suffers a lot of alcoholism. There's really no, no real hope, no transport. Uh, education is is limited. And, um, and we saw an opportunity to get involved there. And and what we did was we took our, our, our bigger um, farmers um, and their expertise and some of their equipment, and um, and we did a whole transfer of knowledge. Um, and we obviously pro- uh, provided the, a market for them and guaranteed price. Yes. And, and I mean, and money and, and just assisting. And, you know, it's been truly rewarding. We, we've watched um, one of our farmers this year go from – you know, they're using a donkeys, a donkey cart to transport, and, uh, and now, and now this is he's gone and bought a, a pickup truck, and and you know oh. this is the, a game changer in this community, and of course, uh, it takes time, um, but with every year, we, we just see more and more. Um, they they see the changes happening within their community, and so more come, and they are all. You you watch people that have given up, that there was no hope, no job, and and now they they're working hard, and children are going to school, and you know, changing changing lives, uh, and it's a lovely, it's a it's very rewarding for us, and for our I mean our partners overseas. They, they're so committed. Um, they're, they're, we've even got partners that are contributing directly. Uh, they want us to set up funds and to help build schools and, and really pour into these communities. So it's, you know, I suppose it's that whole fair trade principle going all the way yes. to the root. Well, what you both are doing with Red Espresso and helping your community, we would just like to express our gratitude to you. That is making such a huge difference in your community. And I I love when you made your list way back in 2005 and how you, you really wanted to contribute to this world in a good way so not only with red espresso you've made such a difference in providing such a healthy drink but you've also contributed in so many ways with your red cedar project and planting trees to helping your community it's it's so inspiring and i i know our listeners just would also like to express their gratitude to you so thank you for all that you do we we would be curious in all these projects, what are and even running Red Espresso? What would you say are some of your favorite parts of what you do? For me, I would definitely have to say working with Pete and my brother and sister, oh. having fun with them, and making a difference. And you really are. You really are. And how about you, Pete? 
Um, for me, I, uh, I mean, of course, I, I love I love this time that that I have uh, selfishly with my wife, away from my daughters. <laughs> um, but I think you know we we are just so fortunate that that we had that dream and and it got fulfilled. I mean, I, I love the fact that we are we are, are making a difference in the world um, and and that we are we are, uh, are helping create value. Um, to, to people and, and the community at large. And I really think of that as a global community, you know, the, yes. the, what we are doing in America now and, and, and with Monique and the online shop and, and being able to bring this beautiful South African indigenous product to the American consumers and that they know that when they are purchasing this, that we can come all the way to the roots here and, and affect change and, and, and uplift people. You know, it's a dream. It's it's no longer it's no longer work. Uh, and not to say we don't work hard, but, but it just doesn't feel like work. It's it's really the most rewarding, beautiful stage of my life, and I feel very blessed. Oh, that is so beautiful, Pete and Monique. And I I know that you're very busy during your days, but. When you take a moment from all that you do and uh, by chance, what are some of those activities like you like to do or do you have any travels down the road planned? Well, Annika, I meditate each morning to start my day uh, to help me feel centered and balanced. That's very, very important to me. Yes. And then we, Pete and I have two beautiful daughters. Maya is 12 and Trinity is 10 now. And I fetch them from school in the afternoons. I do their homework with them. We do our, go to extramurals together. And it's very clear to me that they are really uh, the most important thing to me with Pete. Yeah. Um, so it can be difficult to balance the, the business requirements and needs, uh, which is why I need my meditation <laughs> and my eyes quiet up. And then Pete and I, we do spend a lot of time walking and hiking in nature uh, with our Labrador. Uh, we try to do that as often as possible, and then lots of beach time. And travel, we uh, our travel plans, and, and it was part of the dream of, of this job was that we would have a business that would allow us to travel, and if we were lucky enough to have children, which we've been blessed um, to have two beautiful daughters, um, is that we can we can combine our work and leisure through travel and yes. and our plan for next year is to to take our daughters for the first time to this uh, to the United States um, and to we'll we'll be meeting our uh, meeting partners and obviously there will be work but it's also to expose them to this beautiful country and and uh, the and to to open their eyes to you know they, they their idea of America is quite limited to just what they see uh, on movies and, and obviously what they experience in music. Yes. So um, uh, it's a beautiful opportunity to show them the, the wonders of America and what America has achieved in the, you know, in the last 50 years. So that's exciting and that's on our horizon for next year. Oh, that is exciting. And possibly, Peter Monique, if you do have a little extra time, hopefully you can make it on over to Hawaii and see another element of the United States and some of that tropical feel and the aloha that we all share in Hawaii. So uh, hope maybe maybe that's something you might might be able to do. We'd love to see you on the farm, of course. 
But as, uh, as I it, would love to. <laughs> and to see your daughters, that would be so nice. We touched briefly when we started out our chat today about what it was like growing up in South Africa and some of your early days. And it sounds like your your daughters are enjoying that as well as as when you had some of those early days. Please share with us uh, briefly before we close, when you share life lessons, either with your daughters and you, if you were to share to some with some of our listeners who are thinking about their next steps or thinking about maybe doing a startup or, or doing something else in life, what would be some of those life lessons you'd like to share, please? Um, well, for my side, Annika, and uh, I think keep searching for your dream. It will find you when you least expect it. Um, yeah. Passion and enjoyment make hard work less hard. And if you do something unique, expect plenty of no's before you shift people's thinking, but never give up. And anything that's that's really worthwhile normally is uh, takes a lot of hard work but that's what makes it worthwhile oh so nicely stated thank you pete and monique would you like to share something in addition to pete's beautiful words i would say don't let anyone you can't do something believe in yourself reach for the stars and go for it I mean, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> this doesn't work out. It's okay. <laughs> You've got to try. So true. Thank you for sharing those wonderful life lessons. And of course, thank you for joining us, Monique and Pete Ethelston from South Africa, co-founders of Red Espresso. We've been so honored and so happy you could be with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing about about this new superfood, Red Espresso, uh, the world's first tea espresso, about your dreams, about passion in life, and some of these bigger life questions, and of course, how you've always embarked on giving back to your community and your global community, and also you've been very involved in fair trade practices and setting such an example, so we are very grateful to you both, so thank you for joining us and for all that you do, Monique and Pete, so Thank you. Thank you so much, Annika. It's been Thanks. wonderful to join you. Thank you oh. so much, Annika. We've oh. absolutely loved this. An honor. Oh, well, we were so appreciative that you were with us. And of course, listeners, uh, we always love to offer our Anikona gift at anikona.com. And we'd love to continue the conversation. Questions can be sent to orders at anikona.com. Thank you, listeners all around the world for joining us, for having this special time together. We look forward to being together next week on My Favorite Coffee Story. And in the meantime, we wish you a heartfelt aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week. 